When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Bronco Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver, um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as, you know, parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskylofts.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol and still trying to get my voice back here, uh, but we're going to power through, unfortunately, and I know this is going to make some people really upset. Henry didn't watch The Bachelorette last night, so we can't have a Bachelorette recap to start the show. So we're going to actually do that tomorrow. That's my fault, but we went to the golf tournament, we woke up at six, and then we went to record the podcast, and then we had to eat at Blake Street Tavern, which was a blast, of course, and then I went home and fell asleep. Not to mention the Home Run Derby. And the Home Run Derby. We watched the entirety of the Home Run Derby. It was incredible. It was, incredible. It was so good. Uh, and speaking of the Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game is tonight. And so if you're listening to this and you're in Denver uh, and it hasn't happened yet, then you can run down <laughs> to Blake Street Tavern and come hang out with the crew. Um, we'll have Breckenridge beer specials, of course. Uh, everyone will be there hanging out, watching the game, doing BSN stuff. So make sure you come down uh, if you have the chance. But since we can't do any Bachelorette talk. I'm oh, no. <laughs> everyone's like cheering in their cars. <laughs> like, I don't, we don't want that. Well, this way we're not spoiling it. We'll save it for tomorrow for the people like me who are too busy to watch last night. They get a chance to catch up tonight, and then we can all talk about it together tomorrow. Slowly but surely, more listeners are admitting they watch. I love it. We need, we need more Bachelorette <laughs> comments. Like, that's important. We, we need more comments, period. Now, yes. this one's kind of our fault because we had to post the podcast so late last night. So there was a quick turnaround between yesterday's podcast and today's podcast. Anyways, I want to start on The Bachelorette. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to start with a controversial 
I don't know what we would call it, a piece of content from NFL.com. Shocking it came from NFL.com. Why are they like... I don't know. Suddenly <laughs> they've become like the hot take capital. It's crazy. I don't understand why because it seems like NFL.com, they just have like pretty PR-ish stuff, stuff that they yeah. send out. Like all the content would just be, hey, look at this, look at this, and not... Trying to rank the best teams of the decade, knowing that they're gonna be making most of the league angry. Yeah, they're ranking the running backs, all this stuff. They're just asking for trouble because most of the rankings don't make sense. Well, and that's the problem with this one is just the rankings are bad. Real quick, um, Zach is on vacation. Henry Chisholm is with me. I forgot to. Yeah, uh, that's me. <laughs> forgot to introduce you. If you didn't listen yesterday, uh, yeah, Zach is um, eating feta cheese and. Mm, euros euro is that is that a greek thing yeah i think that's a greek thing okay i think there's feta cheese in it though so it might be a little redundant so you got like a pita a some euro feta cheese a little cucumber salad Mm, yep tzatziki sauce i think it's just called tzatziki sauce yeah i'm not sure how to say it but that was a good pull it's like yeah it's like that cucumber based Mm -hmm. cream sauce good stuff so zach's doing that we're stuck here (laughs) in denver um so it's me and henry and what NFL.com did is they wanted to rank the top 10 teams of the decade. And clearly, they they tried to get cute with this. Yeah, they always do. Because they didn't want to just be like, okay, well, it's all the Super Bowl winners. And I realized like, that wouldn't make content if you just listed off the last 10 Super Bowl winners. Although, ranking those teams against each other would still be interesting. More interesting than this. I don't think every year... The best team wins the Super Bowl. Um, But they got a little carried away here, I think. So let's just go through the rankings first, and then we can one by one go through our biggest problems with it. First, actually, we'll go 10 to 1. 10, 2017, Jaguars. Just just wait. 9, 2018, Chiefs. 8, 2011, Packers. 7, 2012, 49ers. Six, 2015 Cardinals. Five, 2013 Broncos. Four, 2016 Patriots. Three, 2017 Eagles. Two, 2015 Panthers. And one, 2013 Seahawks. Okay, so I couldn't even make it through this whole list before I tweeted about it. And everyone was like pointing out all these other problems to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I should have read the rest of the list. There are lots of problems with this. There's so many problems but with this. But it's not listed in a reverse order. So it's reverse. It's 1 to 10. And so the first thing I saw was that the 2015 Panthers were listed second. Second? Uh, I Why? I have no clue. I just don't understand. I mean, going into the game, everybody was saying, like, oh, it's the number one offense and the number two defense. Going up against the Broncos, they have the number one defense and whoever... But that was, I mean, it was a obviously very good defense, but but not that good. And the offense just got totally shut down by the Broncos. It's I, It was a great football team. They made a Super Bowl. They were one of the best teams in the league, obviously, that year. But to call them the second best team of the decade is just absurd. They were I, the second best team of that season. If you were If you were to say I get a random Patriots team from the last decade... Or I can take the 2015 Panthers. I'm not even thinking about it. You're taking any Patriots team. Any Patriots team. 
It's pretty disrespectful that the Patriots only got to fourth on this list. My goodness. And they only wow. made one appearance. Well, that's what he said. He said, also, to prevent this from becoming a list populated only by the Patriots, Broncos, and Seahawks. So, I mean, that part feels good. I limited myself to one representative from each franchise. Dumb. Dumb. So dumb. So you just you just admitted right then it's not the top 10 teams of the decade. He would you also can't say, call it that. He would also say it's not dumb, though, because he says... This is an arbitrary rule that I feel great about. No. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. You can do that. You just can't call it the top 10 teams of the decade anymore. No. And nobody should read the list because that's a stupid rule. If you wanted, only, if you wanted each team to only be represented once, you should have done top 10 franchises of the decade. Ooh. See, that would actually be interesting. I mean, I'm sure he would screw it up somehow, but... It'd probably be Patriots 1, Broncos 2. Uh, Seahawks, Seahawks would be up maybe there, too. but the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, nah. obviously they they tapered off these last three years, but they dominated those first six. They did well. Yeah. Either way, yeah, I they they would for sure be in the top four. Um, this is I'm I didn't know that, so now I'm mad, even more mad. Yeah, we should no, save this, this. Is stupid. Should save this for Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, we probably should um hopefully hopefully i mean i haven't seen the bachelorette yet obviously but there could be some pretty oh. angry takes coming out of that oh i'm getting mad <laughs> yeah that's why i was <sighs> jacked up because i had a sports angle to it oh did you yeah we get another 24 hours to like get so in even better shape to, yeah to like shine that up um so the first problem is that the eagles or that the panthers are second that doesn't make sense at all because I'm I'm all for like saying okay, not every year the best team is crowned, but the way that that offense was shut down and don't you remember there was like some weird stats that they hadn't played against any good defenses yeah. that season. Well, and there's even a line in this in, in his like little blurb about it. It says quarterback Cam Newton won the MVP award by throwing for nearly four thousand yards. Uh, <laughs> and I mean he goes through the other stats too, and he ran for over six hundred yards, but. For nearly 4,000 yards? Yeah. I mean, he was great that season. I, yeah. I, he was dancing all over the place yeah. and having a great time. And the Panthers were good, but they got smacked. Number two. Like, it's one thing if you lose by one point and you're just like, well, anything, any given Sunday, you know? They got smacked by the Broncos. Uh, I, Cam Newton looked helpless. He looked out of sorts. He... <laughs> Didn't even dive on the ball for, uh, didn't even dive on the ground for a fumble. That's how like dejected he was. Yeah, he, uh, they they totally took him out of the game. Like that's that, sure MVP and all that, but for the second best team of the decade to have their best player just neutralized, that can't happen. No, 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 no. When has that happened to Tom Brady? How many times has Tom Brady? I mean. Even the Broncos. I mean, yeah, like in the AFC Championship the game that year. That's, that's why they're it. so good. <laughs> that's it. That's why. <sighs> I don't know if the 2015 Broncos should have been number two overall. Like that. That would be high for them. It would be. They um, had some great breaks. They're not on the list. And uh. okay, that's because of this <laughs> stupid arbitrary rule that you can only be on there once. Well, guess what? He put the 2013 Broncos on there. And the 2013 Broncos <laughs> 2013? weren't even the best Broncos. Why 2013? Like, like you have to take 2012. Yes, 2012. Like, 2012, you could have the debate with 2015, I think. Is that what they're called? Yeah, 2015. It's, 
why 2013? I don't know. Why 2013? Because they made the Super... Like, there wasn't much research put into this, so they made the Super Bowl, right? They made the Super Bowl. So they made the Super Bowl. What happened there? Yeah, it was exactly what happened to the Panthers. I mean, honestly, a little worse than what happened to the Panthers. Yeah, I know. But, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's the same situation, though. The 2013 Broncos were not even close to the best Broncos. They went into the the Super Bowl without Chris Harris Jr., Vaughn Miller, and Derek Wolf. I mean, but according among others, according to NFL.com, they did get beat by the best team of the decade. So, forty-three-eight might not mean quite as much. It means a lot. <laughs> the best team of the decade for the Broncos was two thousand and twelve. That team was going to win the Super Bowl. That was the best team in the league, and it wasn't close. No, they were they were stomping everyone. Everyone. So, and that team was the most balanced. That's what. That's why I give them that nod. Because they still had Peyton Manning, they still had, you know, uh, DT Eric Decker. Yeah. They they were prolific on offense, but they were also ba- balanced on defense. Twenty thirteen, the defense kind of fell apart a little bit. It wasn't quite as good. Then of course they turned things around in twenty fifteen, but Peyton Manning falls off, and so they're defensive heavy. Twenty twelve was really the team that was completely well rounded, and. Built to win a Super Bowl. If it wasn't for... The one hole on the roster. The back of that defense. And and forget that. If the Broncos stadium was a dome. Oh, boy. Yeah? They win the Super Bowl that year. Uh, Yeah. Easily. I mean... In my opinion. It's also true. So, this this is an interesting thing. So, John Fox was also the coach at that point. Well, because you know it was, like, negative 10 that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, like, what if John Fox isn't the coach? Like, you know, he was a part of that team, and there are a lot of people who'd say, and I'm not quite one of them, but a lot of people think that John Fox just wasn't capable of winning a Super Bowl. He just wasn't that type of coach. And so when they moved on and get Gary Kubiak, maybe that's a big enough upgrade to outweigh the talent on the team. In terms of what? Of what? Of, like, who would you rather face? Right, but 2015 got, Broncos, 2012 Broncos. But they've got 2013 Broncos on here. Oh, yeah. No, th- I think we've established that that's stupid. That's the, that's so stupid. I mean, you might even make that the fourth best Broncos team of the decade. Behind 2012, 2014, 2015, and then 2013. Went to the Super Bowl, though. Went, uh, I It's just frustrating. That's all it is. It's just frustrating. Why make the list if you're not going to put some time into it and make it a good list? And just don't make the list. Don't call it the top 10 teams of the decade. Because <laughs> it's not. <clears throat> Most of the top 10 teams of the decade are the Seahawks, Patriots, and Broncos. And guess what? The Patriots have, over the last few years, earned the right to be on this list a couple times. And like, <laughs> at the very least, second somewhere. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, so... I put, yeah. My next biggest problem, speaking of the Patriots, is the 2018 Chiefs being on here. <laughs> what in God's name did they do to deserve to be on this list? They were fun, and they were fun just a few months ago. I think that's pretty much Yeah, pretty much I, I think that's what it is. Because they were entertaining, um, and it was recent. But, but Henry... They lost to the same team twice on on the road 
and at home. It was the 2018 Patriots, who were better than them, <laughs> as evidenced by beating them twice. They were 31st in the league in overall defense. Oh, that really is a slap in the face I, I to the defense, the, the good defenses that are on this list. Oh, I can't believe it. Well, and here's the other thing. Like To me, if the Chiefs are on the list, why aren't the Rams last year on the list? Yeah. And, and when you read through the list, you know who's on the list? The Cardinals are on the list. The 49ers are on the list. The Seahawks are on the list. The Rams are the one team in the NFC West that didn't get a team on this list. I think that that Rams team last year could go toe-to-toe with pretty much... I mean, there are some good Seahawks teams, but the 49ers are on here. The Cardinals are on here ahead of the Rams last year. Like, uh, come on. Essentially, the entire list is bad. And I didn't realize it until you brought it up that he... the reason the list is bad is because he made a stupid rule for it. Uh, well, there's that, but then even from there, he was able to make it worse, too. It's He started off in a bad spot, but he still could have done better with all this. He could have, but again, he just instantly made, it, made the entire list arbitrary by making, as he uh. described it, an arbitrary rule <laughs> that disqualified probably like six of the 10 best teams of the decade <laughs> yeah how are the patriots number four how has the how have the patriots not had the best team of the decade are the 2016 patriots the ones that beat the falcons in the super bowl uh, yes they are okay that's it it's feels like team. that's not even the best patriots team yeah it's a good team i mean what what about the 16 and 0 year was that what? 2008 2009 that might have been last decade yeah i mean just every year, the Patriots have a top two team. And if you go through and there have been nine years in the decade, like, I, I just don't understand. It was bad. It was bad. They should feel bad. I hope they listen. I hope they stop making these lists as soon as we uh, get into training camp and have enough content to build a at podcast. Least, at least um, like Philip Lindsay gets to go out there and prove them wrong. Yeah. With his terrible ranking. There's no way of, like, proving <laughs> this, uh, which kind of sucks. Yeah. No, we're just kind of stuck with it. I mean, we could make all these teams on Madden and just have them play each other. Also, so many people are like, head-to-head matchups are not the be-all, end-all. And I'm like, well, then what's the point of playing? Like, they should just play. <laughs> I'm like, you're the type of person who was probably a big fan of the old NCAA system where they just play out the season Everyone plays, teams. everyone plays in a bowl game, and then they just vote. No, they didn't oh, even play oh, in a championship yeah, game. Oh, yeah, way back. Yeah. They just voted on who's the best team. That's what you guys uh, want. If, you, if you're the person no who fun. says, like, it's not all about head-to-head matchups. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, we already have all the arguments about who's the MVP, who's the rookie of the year. If, if we just let the football writers vote at the end of 16 games who the best team in the league is. It would be catastrophic. It would be terrible. It'd be so terrible. People would lose their minds. I would lose my mind, and I'm usually pretty level-headed. Ugh. Oh, God. Ugh. But, like, that, like yes, head-head matchups are the be-all, end-all. Yeah, but that's the whole point of the sport. The 2015 Broncos smacked the 2015 Panthers. They're better than them. Could you imagine if, if we just didn't play the games? Like if every guess, week they just said, like, hey, look at all these great football players, these great football players, and then just everybody shows up at the stadium, votes on which team they think is better, and you just move on from there. Oh, God. They all like, they like go out and pose. 
<laughs> they like yeah. walk. A, they walk a catwalk, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, oh, oh. yeah." Everyone just has like a little button. And they're like, "All right, I'm choosing Team A." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, that'd be something. That's Tom- what we should do in the off season. There should be like a summer football league where it's just everybody votes on which team they think should win. I mean, that's essentially what, like what the combine is. Yeah, it is. It it's totally just a bunch is. You guys just strut down a runway and the. The teams vote on oh, wow, which ones they like the most. Yeah. Oh. All oh. right. Well, the list is stupid. The li- most lists are bad. That's why you don't catch many lists at BSN Denver. Mm. Uh, we yeah. like to make content that ma- that requires thought. Yeah. This just requires Googling. Or just like, uh, I guess they, they did their job. They got a bunch of publicity for it. Yep. Again. All right, well, before we move on, we got to talk about the official beer of BSN Denver. Super excited about this. It's Breckenridge Brewery, the original Colorado beer, established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of the Vanilla Porter, the Oatmeal Stout, and most people's personal favorite, the Avalanche, their classic amber ale. But they just released a new beer, and we talked about it yesterday, and based on the heat out here in Colorado today... This sounds pretty good. It's called Strawberry Sky, and you guys are going to love this. For the beer enthusiast, it's called a lighthearted Kolsch Ale. For guys like Henry and I, <laughs> it's just that that summer beer, the one that you think of when you're really hot. They should just call it the summer beer. Why do we have to have all these fancy beer words? I mean, have you ever been to the Great American Beer Fest? Oh, that's coming up, isn't it? It is. I mean, I think it's in the fall. Oh, is it? Yep. There's some beer fest coming up. Oh, really? I think so. Well, Great American Beer Fest, you realize that people are very, very serious about beer. Really? And I, I more power to them because, like, we're really serious about sports. So, yeah. Like, but see, like, the thing is, like, I could be serious about beer for, like, one beer, but after one beer, I'm not serious about anything. And that's just, like, the nature of beer, you know? Like, to be able to, like, go three beers deep tasting beers and still be focusing, ooh, this was a very good Kolsch ale. Like, but the point is, it's like, it's just like wine. Like, it comes from a certain place, it's done a certain way, and that's why it's Kolsch. But you don't have Kolsch. to play along with that. You can just, <laughs> I can you just, can just call drink the be- I can just call them good beers and bad beers. And summer beers and winter beers and fall okay. beers. We, and maybe, we'll, beers. maybe we'll get into that stuff. All right. Well, look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store. Or check out really any Breckenridge beer. And make sure you check out the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it this week, so you'll be able to see all the events we have planned. And we'll, of course, be drinking Breck beers at all of them, just like tonight at Blake Street Tavern for the MLB All-Star Game, the Midsummer Classic. A perfect time to drink a Midsummer Strawberry Kolsch Ale. Kolsch Ale. Strawberry Sky Kolsch Ale. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break here. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to get to your questions. The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. 
So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, we have trip to Streamsong. We have a trip to Band and Dunes. We have a trip to Sand Valley. And then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org. All right, we're rolling along here on the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol, and... Like I said earlier, we didn't get too many questions from the, the the subscribers today. So we'll start with those because they are, of course, they've earned the right to be first. Um, and then we're going to hop into some questions we got from Twitter. But the first one here comes in from Mile High Mike. And he says, been about a week since my last comment, so I thought I'd pipe in before y'all forget about me. We'd never forget about you, Mile High Mike. Um, just like the boxer. Mike Alvarado? I don't know him. Oh. He might be a little before your time. Well, not before your time, but before you were, like, in the scene. Okay. Mile High Mike was dope. Okay, anyways. <laughs> he says, I'll start with sharing that I've lived in Vegas for the last three years, and I've been an Uber driver for the last six months, and I've seen just about every corner of the city. I also have good recommendation for casinos, clubs, shopping, dispensaries, shows, restaurants, and other activities. Blue Man Group is still at the Luxor. Impressive. Do you think, like, the guys who are doing it are, like, getting old? Like, can you see, like, wrinkles in their blueness? I don't know. That'd be interesting. Like, what do they even put on those guys? Maybe they're interchangeable. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I haven't seen the show. Like, maybe you do have to be super talented. Like, there are only a few guys in the world who could, like, do that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, yeah. You definitely would require a lot of training. It's not like they use the same people for Cirque du Soleil. Like, they just train them. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're all But they, like, have a specific look to them. So, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Probably the same guys. That'd be cool. Uh, Beatles Love is still at the Mirage. Anyways, he goes on and says, because you guys rock the podcast so hard, I would like to personally offer my services to pick any of you up from the airport, take you to your hotel and a following destination, completely free of any charge. Just a way to say thank you for the fantastic content. Thanks, dude. We're going to have to go to Vegas. Yeah, we are. We're definitely going to have to go to Vegas. He says the, Zach, the, the offer is open to RK, Zach, and Henry, of course. Next time you plan a trip, email me, and I'll hook you up. Wish I could brag about my sweet ride, but it's just a cozy Ford Focus in good condition. Nothing flashy, but free rides mean more money for the tables. Amen. That's awesome, dude. Uh, He says, hypothetical question. Would you give up Von Miller to have Champ back in his prime? Would it be worth it? Defend your answers. And if you choose to keep Von Miller, who would be the next closest candidate on the roster that you would hesitate to give up for Champ? Phil, maybe? Keep up the good work. Henry? This is a tough question. Oh, I mean, all these it's hypothetical questions are going to be tough. I mean, uh, I love Champ Bailey. Like, that's where I have to start. Like, it's really hard for me to say no to this. But as much as I, I'd like to have Chris Harris Jr., Champ Bailey, and then... Uh, Bryce Callahan? Yes, Bryce Callahan uh, as your three corners, and then have Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons as your safeties... Like, that sounds incredible, but it's Vaughn Miller, and then you only have Bradley Chubb, and you have, like, you know, Derek Wolf can do stuff. 
Maybe Justin Hollins is good when he steps in, Dakota Watson, but you really just don't have the depth to be giving up Von Miller right now. Yeah, that's the answer. And to me, it, it, the reason I said it was simple is just because of positional value. Mm. Uh, having a great outside linebacker is worth more than having a great cornerback. It's just yeah. proven out over time. What about last year when they still have Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett and they have Bradley Chubb? Maybe you retain one of those guys. Yeah, I, I can see there's a case there. Yeah. At least you can say, like, well, you still are going to have above average play. Yep. But again, Von Miller is once in a generation. Like, you, like I feel like maybe he's taken for granted now. And I think a lot of things are just viewed differently because of the three losing seasons, just like John Elway. Um, but this we're talking about a pass rusher that when he's gone, you're we, we won't see another guy like that in Denver for a long time. And obviously Bradley Chubb, you hope to be that guy, but he's not, he's never going to be quite like Vaughn. But it's also champ Bailey. Like remember, I mean, if we're talking prime champ Bailey, remember that year, like the, the stats always get a little bit overhyped and they get skewed, but it was something like, obviously he doesn't allow a touchdown all season. He allows like under a hundred receiving yards. He allows like five catches. It was, it was some incredible stat like that where you just could not throw the ball to his side of the field. That's it's, it's easy to look around the NFL and say there are a bunch of great corners. Like Even in Denver a couple years ago, you have Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib. But Champ Bailey was the next level. There, there aren't many guys like him. For sure. Uh, but yeah, you can't do it. But it, you just you need pass rushers more than you need corners. You need both. Luckily, this Broncos team has both. But they don't have much room to spare. You can't be dropping a pass rusher or a corner at this point. Yeah, well, depth is definitely a huge problem for them. But I like the question. It was thought-provoking. Next one comes in from Bronco Duck. He says, what up, guys? Glad to hear you on the pod again, Henry. Thank you. It's (laughs) great to be back. I honestly believe Zach's predictions are largely spot on. The only expectations I thought were too high were for Deshaun Hamilton. Between Flacco's love for the tight end, Sutton, Sanders, and Lindsey out of the backfield, I don't see Hamilton with the same opportunity. On defense, it's very reasonable to expect Chubb to get 14 sacks this year. Yeah, we said that. On the other side, Vaughn's a top three caliber edge rusher. 15 sacks is absolutely attainable with Chubb on the other side. Uh, I've got to think anything less from Vaughn will be disappointing. Sounds crazy, but we all know how talented he is. Switching gears, since we're talking about predictions, Ryan, how do you feel about your buffs this season? What are your expectations? Can't wait for Pac-12 play this year. Uh, my expectations are tempered, which is kind of rare for me. I I don't know exactly what to expect from them. Whenever there's a new coaching staff, you you can never be too bullish because you just don't know until you see the, how those guys are. Like It's not even like Mel Tucker has been a head coach before, and I can point to, oh, well, he was a great game manager, whatever. Um, I just want six wins. Six wins makes me happy. The over-under in Vegas is four and a half. That hurts. Six, and I'm happy. Also, make sure as long. It's also very important for me that two of those wins are CSU and Nebraska. Yeah, and I was looking through. They have like the College Football Reference or something like that that comes out every year, um, and they give predictions and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think if I remember right. They said if you spot the Buffs five points in every game, they're still under 500 this year. Wow. Which, uh, <laughs> it's it's too bad. I mean, there's a lot to like. I mean, 
LaVisca Chenault obviously is going to be an incredible receiver in the NFL. You have Steven Montez, who has all the talent. The question is just whether he's a good enough quarterback to carry the team, which he might really have to do. And you have pieces on the defense, but there isn't a lot else outside of a few really great pieces. Yeah, I mean, you have Katie Nixon. You have oh, yeah. Nate Landman Nate on defense. Nate Landman's incredible. Uh, Mustafa Johnson on defense. Love him. So they have players. Um, if this coaching staff can coach them up, they have a chance to be good. To me, it all comes down to number 12. Steven Montez. Yep. Agreed. If, if he is – because I always say the most valuable thing you can have in college football is a senior quarterback. If he can be a senior quarterback, and by that I mean make smart decisions with the football, get to the sticks, do all the things that you should be able to do as a senior quarterback, a guy who's been on the field for multiple seasons now, full seasons, this team will be better – Six and six are better. But if he just doesn't make that next step in his progression, then they're going to be in trouble. And he really doesn't have much support. Like, on that offense, you have some great receivers, obviously, like we said, LaVisca Chenault and Katie Nixon, and then a couple of guys behind him, like young guys who they think can step up and be solid. But the offensive line, they're all question marks. Like, across the board, you have five question marks. Running back... You don't really know who the running back is even going to be at this point. And so you can't expect much from the running game. He isn't going to get much protection, most likely. It's going to be on him to carry that offense. And He has the tools. He has all the tools. He has the tools to do it. So um, that's my prediction. I, 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 I don't know if it's my prediction. I'm just six and six is my bar. That's what I want. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. Let's do one here quick from Twitter. I got to find my tweet. Here it is. And the first one comes in from Chris Hatfield. He says, if they decide to move on from Garrett Bowles, what are the other options? That's why they can't decide to move on from Garrett Bowles. Yeah. Okay, I guess here's what you could do. Take Juwan James, move him to left tackle. Something that has never been a, a great place for him. No. So you're already kind of scratching your head if you do that. But could be better than Bulls. Maybe. He's at left. Then you take Dalton Reisner, move him to right tackle, yep. which he played in college. And then I guess you would make... Sam Jones, the guard, right? Yeah. If you're keeping Connor McGovern at center or you make Elijah Wilkinson a starting guard. Leary. Oh, yeah. You could go Elijah Wilkinson, Leary, McGovern in the middle. Do you get better? Uh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Probably you're just counting. You're just asking Jawan James to be something he isn't. Yeah, and if they really think that Dalton Reisner should be a guard, I mean, they wouldn't have drafted him and put him at guard if they thought he was a better tackle. They would have drafted a guard. So they must think that he's a guard, and so they're playing him there. I don't. I think. I think they just knew they wanted Dalton Reisner. Huh. And they were just gonna find a way to get him. Interesting. And they're like, well, we'll start him at guard this year because that's where our holes are. But if Bulls doesn't work out, then maybe we'll shift things around. Like, Yeah. I don't know. But but speaking of the offense, the next question is extremely, extremely positive as it relates to the offensive line. And it's an analysis-based. But before I get to that, 
I want to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural, non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Okay. The next question here, Henry... It's pretty crazy. Comes in from Zan, Zan B21. Says PSF, PFF has the new Broncos offensive line ranked at 12th right now, with the Chargers at 29th, the Raiders at 26th, and the Chiefs at 17th. Any thoughts? I have some thoughts. Um, I that's too high. Like you don't know. There's a lot of potential. Reisner could be really good. You have Juwan James. He could be really good. Connor McGovern, we've heard some good things about. Leary, you know what you have. Garrett Bowles, who knows? Maybe this is the year he takes a step. I don't bank on enough of those things happening for them to be 12th. I think that if you put them at 20th, then... If, if they put them at 20th, I'm not complaining. I'm not arguing at all. If they put I'm them at 25... Like, if they're then, 20th, I'm thinking like, yeah. all right, all right. They're, they kind of believe in this line. Here's the thing, and you kind of touched on it. For this offensive line to be 12th in the NFL, some things have to happen. A, Garrett Bowles has to become a solid, is that the word? Solid left tackle in the NFL. B, Dalton Reisner needs to be a, I mean, if there was an offensive line rookie of the year award, like, he has to be a candidate for that. Yep. C, Connor McGovern, the center. That, that all lines up really nicely. C is for Connor. Yes. C is for center. Perfect. C, Connor McGovern has to be average, right? Like, yeah. just be an average center. Yep. Which is a tall order, I think. D, Ron Leary has to be healthy. Mm. And E, yeah. Juwan James has to be healthy and, and pretty much better than he's been before. Mm. So you're asking a positive. You're asking things to trend positively for every player on the line. You are, and if you really think about it, with 32 teams in the league, if you're average at all five positions, that puts you at 16th or 17th. So, and when you run across that line, is Garrett Bowles average? No, nope. he hasn't been. Dalton Reisner, we he's going to be know. a rookie. Probably not because he's a rookie. You never know. I think he's going to be – I mean, Zach thinks he's going to be the best player player on the line. There's potential there for sure, but – I think he's going to be, you know, solid or above solid. Yeah. Yeah. I think in terms of – I think odds are he's a little below average just because he is a rookie and he grows into becoming like a plus player. But you never know. He could just jump right out there and be – a very good above average player. Uh, McGovern, probably below average. Yep. Ronald Leary, he's above average. If he's healthy. If he's healthy. And Juwan James, he's above average. He's good. You know, the, the, the hard thing about this is we're, we're not, we don't have um, in-depth knowledge of all the other lines in the NFL. Yeah. And, and I, I say this on the top, all the time on the podcast. I, I say all the lines suck. They do. Like, there might be, like, three or four at the top who are really good. 
And then after that, everyone has a hole. Everyone's trying to figure out a problem. Offensive line play is the biggest problem in football right now because the defensive line players are just getting bigger, faster, and stronger, and the offensive line types aren't able to keep up with them. Yeah. No, I totally agree. The, the best athletes in high school and college are being put on the defensive side of the ball, even if they're really big. Yep. You know, like, if you made Derek Wolf a tackle his whole life, he'd yeah. probably be really good. He'd be so good. But he's put on the other side of the ball. They want him to use his aggression and all that stuff. And so he becomes, you know, that side of the ball. And that's not even – he's not even, like, that much of an athletic freak, even though he weighs 300 pounds and can do a backflip. Um, so he's pretty yeah. freaky <laughs> yeah. athletically. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a problem where the best athletes are being put on the defensive side of the ball and offensive line players just can't keep up with the, the evolution there. Yeah. No, I totally agree. All right. Next question comes in from Brandon Bowles, who says, why have some of our draft, uh, our draft picks still not signed their rookie contracts? I don't know. I mean, it comes down to like little things like signing bonuses. And um, I think you can no- negotiate the, the amount that's guaranteed in year five. Yeah. Like Lee Steinberg got part of Paxton Lynch's fifth year guaranteed. So good, good on him. Cause Paxton Lynch got some money that he didn't deserve. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's weird. Honestly, it's taken a really long time, but I think it'll get done sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, how often do these things not just work themselves out? I mean, the last one I remember is Joey Bosa. Yep. That's the only one that came to mind for me. Like outside of Joey Bosa, there has not been a problem since they changed all the rules and gave all these slotted salaries in that CBA. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Next one's from Sean English. He says, do you think the Broncos can replicate the 05 team in terms of quarterback play? Plummer with 18 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. In terms of running back play with almost 2,000 yard rushers and a top three to five defense. Is that replicable, Henry? Um, yeah. So the top three to five defense for sure. Yep. I think that one's easy. So there's only two left. Almost 2000 yard rushers. I mean, we talked about Royce Freeman yesterday and he put up, I think according to Zach's prediction, 700 yards after putting up 550 last year, 575 last year. Um, a thousand yards is a stretch. So like almost means he's in like the 900 yard range. I think so. Yeah. And it's a stretch. It's a but, stretch. But it's not a, out of the realm of possibility. I mean, if, if all those things we were talking about with the offensive line actually do happen, and Mike Munchak is... If they have the 12th best offensive is, line. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it could happen. I think Phil Lindsay get 1,000 yards. You feel good. I mean, I'd take the over on 1,000 yards from him. Yeah. So... Well, I wouldn't. Really? Just in terms of a bet. Like, I just don't know if that's a good bet. Huh. Just because he's going to be in a two-back stable, going to be used out of the backfield, catching the ball a lot. I think there's a chance he falls just a little short. Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, he was a little over 1,000 last year. I think with a better offensive line, I, I'm Very willing possible. to make it happen. I'm but, not, yeah, 1,000 yards is, it. like, right I there. Don't know I, it's, I don't know if it's a good bet. Okay. Yeah, okay, fair. Because, like, touch like if, wood, like, he could. I think the over-under on him would probably be, like, in the 900 range. Probably. So I'm saying like, I'm not just giving up that 100 yards. Most running backs don't play 16 games either. True. Um, 
18 touchdowns and seven interceptions from Flacco. I think that's very attainable, but I think you're going to have higher touchdown numbers and higher interception numbers. Me too. So, I mean, but the ratio there is essentially two-ish to one. Yeah, two or three to one. One to one or something. I mean, I... 2.3 to one. I think think it could happen. Seven interceptions is not many interceptions. It's really, it's like Flacco going 24 and 10, which is, I think, exactly what he did in 2014 in the Kubiak offense. Yeah, that's solid. I, if that happens, then you're very happy too. Like 24 and 10, the Joe Flacco move was a remarkable success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's what you're hoping for is Joe Flacco to have a two to one touchdown interception ratio. If that happens, you're in a good place. And so I think all of those things, Sean, are attainable. If they all work out that way, this seems playoff team. For Just, sure. Obviously, yeah. that 2005 team was not not only a playoff team, but a very good playoff team. Yep. All right. Aaron Jones wants to know who's on the hottest hot seat going into training camp in terms of players. So you can, I guess, interpret this in terms of their starting job, or you could interpret it in terms of they're on the cut line. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um. So there are some easy answers we've talked about before, like Sua Cravens. He really needs to show something if he's going to stick around. Um, I mean, the tight ends, I'm not sure who you put on the... I mean, Jeff Hireman's probably on a hot seat for that starting job, but... You gotta, yeah, I guess for starting... Start, I don't know. I think there's technically going to be two starting tight ends. He's got one locked up. It's really just up to Noah Fan to take that other one. It's yeah. sitting there waiting for him. Then maybe you go to the bottom of the tight ends and say Jake Butt is on a bit of a hot seat. Maybe not in terms of being cut or getting a starting job, but in terms of him needing to prove something, prove that he's an NFL football player. That's fair. And maybe that's more of a he needs to be – I think you could call that a bit of a hot seat for him. He needs to, he needs to show something. I think Devontae Booker could be pushed by just some of the young guys on the roster, but in the end, his veteranness – is going to pull through. They like the way he picks up blitzes, et cetera, et cetera. So not too much. Um, starting role, I mean, Garrett Bowles. That was where I was going to go. It's kind of has some pressure on him, but I don't think anything could happen in training camp that's going to make them pull the plug on the experiment. Yep, but I think more this season for him, he's on a hot seat than this training camp. For sure. Yeah, I think those are the big ones. Um, I Will Parks. It isn't like a hot seat in terms of whether he's going to get cut, but he needs to prove that he's their box safety. And it's recently it sounded more like he's going to have that job again because he was very good at it last year, in my opinion. But there is a little more pressure on him too with the new coaching staff as a guy who isn't well known and is a role player. Uh to prove to them that he deserves that role again this year. Yeah, and so I guess to answer your question, who's on the hottest hot seat, I think you nailed it with Sue Cravens. Yep. He's the he's a guy who this team had a lot of faith in, you know, made a, a decent trade for that they pretty much cooled on entirely. He has to build he he, he has to come into training camp like an undrafted free agent. Yeah, and Sue Cravens is lucky last year's team was bad. He's lucky that they got a new coaching staff because I don't think he'd be sticking around if that same coaching staff was here. Definitely not. Okay, next one's from Anna. She says, 
What was the biggest bargain each of you got buying sports gear? I bought a Nuggets Matumbo hoodie from one of Brazil's biggest sports gear stores um, for less than $15. I don't think, I think it was a mistake on the website, but won't complain at all. And she got, it's legit. It's not a knock. Like it's the hardwood classics. Yeah. Hoodie there. No, that's great. I don't know. The best deal, best bargain. Ooh, this isn't a great bargain, but it's something I'm really excited about. My, uh, World Champions U.S. Women's National Team shirt is going to be here in like a week. Okay. For some reason, Nike pre-ordered. So I'm just super hyped about that. It yeah, wasn't a great deal. It's the of a good deal. I know, but but see, like, I would have probably paid way more money for that. So for me, I'm still feeling pretty good about the purchase. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure great deals. deals. I've gotten, like, knockoff jerseys. So I got a Nuggets Chauncey Billups jersey a week after he was traded to the Knicks with Melo. And it was like 25 bucks. That's solid. I just remembered. Uh, and I just knew like he's always going to be Chauncey Billups. He yeah. went to see you. He's a Denver For sure. legend. For sure. Like, there's no, this, this, the value of this will not, will only appreciate over time. Yeah. My, uh, my senior year of high school, we came down to Denver for the, that was the Broncos 49ers game. I think, yeah, where Peyton Manning broke the all time touchdown record and they like played keep away right in front of our seats. Great time. But, uh, we went to Ross or TJ Maxx right before the game and they had Peyton Manning jerseys. So for like $40, I got the official Nike, like normally $100, $110, whatever it is, Peyton Manning jersey. That's legit. That was a steal. I I, I, I once got a Rod Smith jersey from Marshalls when I was a kid. Interesting. How do those jerseys end up there? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. Um... I also once found a Reggie Miller Pacers jersey at a thrift store. Mm. That was pretty dope. I love Reggie Miller. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I think that's all the best ones. All right. The very last one here comes in from Cali Sorbo. Sorry, Kale Sorbo. And uh, he says, no question, just a weekly reminder to donate to the BSN fam uh, for the BSN World Tour. He goes on to say, I really love the idea of helping with grassroots sports in the different countries. Too cool. So, yeah, um, it, you can find it on my Twitter or you can find it on the podcast post page. Uh, I've been including the link in there. So if you want to donate to the BSN World Tour, just go into the post of the podcast on bsndenver.com and there's a link there. It's awesome. If, if enough people vote, donate, Henry can come too. Yeah, so do that (laughs) all right guys well thank you for tuning in today Uh, a little bit on the short side here as a podcast but we'll be back tomorrow maybe henry will actually watch the bachelorette so i can have plan i want to have my rant all right we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the bsm breakfast podcast
Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 